This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by Cleantech's Greening the Grid Through Collaboration. There'll certainly be people that buy it and speculate on it, uh, but you add that plus the reality that you know the U.S. government's going to get involved, uh, the U.S. government going to try to create its own digital currency, and uh, I don't see a future for Bitcoin. Welcome to the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Welcome into the program on a Friday edition of the show. Episode number four going down right now, and we're excited to welcome Mr. Preston Oxner from Oxner Interest. Talking all things ERCOT, how renewables and oil and gas and natural gas are coexisting on the grid this summer. And then, of course, he's also got a very interesting take on Bitcoin and what it means to both the energy side of things and, of course, what it means to the state of Texas's as well. We all know what Bitcoin mining has meant for the state of Texas. Uh, much ballyhooed. And of course, we also know right now that uh, Bitcoin not doing so well. So what does that mean for the future of Bitcoin and its role in the state of Texas on the energy game? We're going to hear from Mr. Preston Oxner about that. A very interesting take from him as always. But before we get to the show, uh, got to give a quick shout out as always to the folks over at Clean Techs. Uh, Co-chair Melissa Miller, Raina Hornaday, and all the folks that make things go. We've got some new members that are coming into the fold this week. We're very excited about that so stay tuned shout out to the dallas chapter for a great event we had last week uh, we're going to break down some of that next week and what's going on over at clean text we're going to sit down with melissa peter kelly detweiler and some of the folks from the grid next lubbock event and you do not want to miss that and of course that's going to go down next week we're going to drop it this week but had a couple things pop up so that'll be going down in one of the next few episodes so definitely stay tuned for that but if you want to become a clean text member go to cleantext.org cleantext c-l-e-a-n-t-x.org to learn more jump on the train you definitely do not want to miss it all right let's get right down to it here is preston oxner oxner interest talking the grid talking bitcoin and talking his outlook on how he sees when Wind, solar, natural gas, and all the components coming together for what has already been a very busy summer for ERCOT and what promises to be an even busier summer as temperatures continue to rise. Here is Preston Oxner. You know, where are you at right now with what ERCOT's doing and the role renewables are playing in meeting the demand for so many Texans? Yeah, I think ERCOT's doing a pretty good job uh, overall this summer, I guess one day into the summer technically. I think they'll continue to do a good job. Uh, we've seen pretty tremendous growth uh, in solar the last 12 months. It's been connected, uh, some growth in wind as well. So when I think about renewables, I do think about wind and solar uh, differently. Uh, well, yeah, I think ERCOT's doing a good job of managing the grid, but I think ERCOT set up the rules pretty well uh, where the market works. So solar will continue to come online uh, once we get some of these tariff issues resolved and uh, i think we'll continue to see more solar in our cotton help mitigate some of the peak prices now when you say you think of wind and solar differently how so uh they're you know produced at different times of the day in general so solar more closely matches load uh, but wind certainly has a portion to play in the market. So, you know, if you look at a graph uh, over a month of wind solar producers and wind wind producers, they almost, you know, they're almost completely opposite of each other. So that tends to work overall well for renewable. Also, uh, location, the vast majority of the wind is in 
West Texas. A, a significant amount of solar is too, but we're seeing uh, you know a higher percentage of solar be built in the Houston zone, uh, in the north zone, the south zone as well. So solar's more geographically spread out. Where are we at right now as far as you know continued production and continued development of wind and solar in the state of Texas? Solar's been put on hold pretty much because of the tariff investigation right. and the Chinese suppliers trying to go through uh, other Southeast Asia countries. Um, it looks like you know that's been resolved or getting resolved, so I think we'll see solar continue to, to pick back up in ERCOT. You know, if ERCOT say max production, you know, 90,000 megawatt market, give or take, then uh, solar still got a ways to go in ERCOT as far as its growth potential. So solar's you know, not even at 10% of it yet. So I think we'll see quite a bit of more solar build out. Wind's been active in ERCOT since the late 90s, so it's more mature and it's build out. We'll see some wind development, but certainly not to the scale of solar. I believe it, it will be. You know, people smarter than me in that area, uh, Nextera and Tesla come to mind at the top of the list, are, you know, almost 100% of their projects would include a storage component. So that tells me, you know, the economics work or will, you know, very shortly by the time those projects are built out. Uh, Tesla, I know, is, is focusing quite a bit on storage. So, uh, yeah, I think storage will be uh, very significant and help manage, you know, kind of some of the, you know, unpredictability of wind and solar, you know, specifically wind. Oil and gas slash renewables. Are you starting to see that there's more adoption with folks accepting both sides of that? I still see some, you know, dichotomy and push and pull in, in Texas specifically where uh, it, it seems like, you know, one side likes to, to point the finger at others. If you mentioned there's some people that are, you know, coming to the realization or admission that we need all forms, uh, I, I certainly think we do. But given, you know, what natural gas has done recently and, you know, I think we'll do in the future, uh, that creates a lot of room for renewables. You know, the last prices I've seen on solar PPAs and ERCOT, you know, the North Zone are around $32. So, uh, you know, if you take $9 natural gas and a, a seven heat rate, uh, do the multiplication there, that's sort of your bogey. So there's going to be a lot of solar built and not much more natural gas. We certainly need to maintain the natural gas plants that we have. I think they're certainly critical to the functioning of the grid, but solar is so much cheaper currently that it's a no-brainer, in my opinion. And, of course, the one kind of bugaboo, though, for us to be able to get more solar and wind on the grid, of course, is, is transmission issues. Do you see a pathway to the transmission issue getting fixed anytime soon? Uh, ERCOT, yes, we're talking specifically about ERCOT. ERCOT's done a good job in its history with the CREZ line, so we have some proof of that. You know, we can debate the cost of that, but as far as the mechanics of it and the physical flow of it, it's worked well to get those renewables to the load center. Some of that low-franging fruit has been taken, so I don't know if, if we need a CREZ 2 or a CREZ 3, but... Solar specifically you know, needs to be built closer to the load. So I have solar that I can 
see from my house. Uh, it's on the rooftop of my carport, and I realize that might not be feasible for everybody, but, uh, you know, you could have solar within 10 or 15 miles of your house, certainly, versus having it, you know, in West Texas, that's hundreds of miles from most of the population. So I think that the market will adapt and start putting solar closer to where it's needed versus, you know, where the land is cheapest or where it's the easiest to get it built. I know one of the things that ERCOT's been doing is, uh, you know, having to buy more power, you know, for reserves uh, after what went down in, in URI. What are the mechanics of, of how this is different versus what was going, you know, post-URI versus pre-URI when they're talking about, you know, ERCOT having to buy more power in the reserves and, and what it means to, to rate payers? It's almost like a capacity market, and, and maybe it is, you know, with other terms. So ERCOT wants to make sure that what happened in February of last year doesn't ever happen again. And and they can do that, but as you mentioned, there's a cost to that. So if we want to make sure that plants are available and have fuel 100% of the time or 100% of the time, 110% of the time, then we can certainly do that, but there's going to be a cost to that. You know, it's my opinion that uh, the market will, you know, could solve that better and at a lower cost, but there's a political aspect to this as well. Obviously, we've got the governor involved and everybody down from the governor involved in the process. So, uh, you know, they have voters that they want to keep happy, and those voters, and most of them at least, don't want to see that happen again. So could it cost a billion dollars? Certainly. Should it? Uh, No, I don't think so. You said recently that uh, on a LinkedIn question that was posted, how low can they see Bitcoin going? Uh, I don't think zero was one of the options on there, but you went ahead and wrote in zero anyway. That's a bold statement by you, Mr. Oxner. One, how realistic do you think it is, that is possible that Bitcoin would drop to zero? And if so, what would be the financial implications of that happening? I think it's realistic. I think that's the uh, close to the true value of it, uh, how long it takes the market and, and other people to get there uh, remains to be determined outside of my control. Uh, but Bitcoin has been around uh, since 2009, uh, 2022 now, and uh, there are very few uses for Bitcoin that have developed in those you know, over 10 years um, outside of speculation and hoping that a greater fool comes along to buy it. So if those uses haven't developed now uh, and the Bitcoin's not acting as an inflation hedge, which was another one of the selling points of it, uh, I think it's proven its value in the market. There'll certainly be people that buy it and speculate on it. Uh, but you add that plus the reality that you know the U.S. government's going to get involved, uh, the U.S. government can try to create its own digital currency, and uh, I don't see a future for Bitcoin. So I guess to kind of you know dovetail off what you're saying, then you think you feel like Bitcoin's more has been more of a bit player in the energy uh, side of things here in Texas. Yeah, I think it's certainly been a, a negative. So, uh, but people, uh, the developers of those things, try to pitch them as a asset or battery or I don't know, reverse psychology. There, that's certainly not what they are. I mean, they're an addition on load growth that you know wants to run seven by twenty four. Granted, they can shut them off, but and you can shut your house off too. So you can shut anything off uh, if you want to. So that's no different than any other load. So you're right. China's, you know, kicked out 
most of the Bitcoin developers are tried to, and a lot of them come to Texas. And uh, if they went away, it would certainly help the grid. What are you keeping your eyes on over these next 60 days before, uh, you know, the fall kicks off? And is there anything that, um, you know, are you confident that ERCOT is going to be able to keep the lights on and the AC running? What, uh, again, if we've, if we've already met demand, if we've already broken demand uh, records twice in the last week, I can only imagine it's, it's going to keep, uh, keep breaking over the course of the next 60 days. Yeah, great questions. Am I confident to be able to keep the lights on? Yeah, I'm confident, uh, fairly confident that ERCOT will keep the lights on this summer. I'm also fairly confident that we'll see some relatively high prices in between here and there. You know, August last I looked for North Stone Peak Fire was trading at $235. So that's uh, significant. We could certainly see, you know, blow ups into the thousands of dollars. But ERCOT will keep the lights on. I'm, I'm very confident of that this summer. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Oxner. Please go to the powerconnect.net for all the episodes. Of course, you can also go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And, of course, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. We're building this thing up, folks. So when you give us a five-star rating, it just helps us with the algorithm. And I'd like to think so far you've liked what you've heard from the Power Connect. As always, shout out to the entire Clean Text team, all the guests, all the audience, and everybody that helped makes it go. We've got some great episodes coming up. we got Jane Stricker from the Greater Houston Partnership. She's joining us next week to talk about the Forum of Global Energy that's going down uh, next week. So you definitely do not want to miss that. A lot of good stuff there. And, of course, plenty of great episodes on the way you do not want to miss. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time.